Facebook, I, the Lord's been building something in my heart for the last few weeks. And I've tried to get to it the last two weeks on Facebook, and I've had to just build because I just could not, inside, I wasn't released just to go directly to it. So the Lord's been working at work and building that Word in me. And it comes out of Matthew 12. And in Matthew chapter 12, verse 20, there's a statement here in Matthew 12, verse 20. It says, A bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory. I don't know if you've ever thought much about this verse of Scripture, but I have been considering it for quite some time right now and looking at it in relationship to Jesus Christ as our great high priest. Uh, while I say I'm teaching out of the book of Revelation, if you follow what I'm teaching, I'm all over the, the Scripture because the Scripture interprets the Scripture. So, so kind of how the, the Lord deals in me is He'll deal with me with the Scripture like this, and then by His Spirit, he, he will begin to define it in my heart through the Scripture. So He will take me into the Scripture, and I'll go on a search uh, and just allow the Spirit of the Lord to be the teacher. That's what He said He was going to teach us, that the Holy Spirit, when He would come, he would guide us into all truth. Now, when we say all truth, a lot of times we think truth is true things. Truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So being guided into all truth is being guided in the knowledge and comprehension of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what truth is. Till it's settled in our heart that He's the truth, we'll try to find all kinds of truth things, but the truth is a person. Christ Himself is the truth. And the Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. All the truth of Him. All of His fullness. He actually takes of Christ and He builds the understanding of what He's done in the death, burial, and resurrection. He builds that in our hearts, our souls, and our minds. So what God has done in Christ through the death, burial, and resurrection is built in you and me by Christ being revealed in our hearts. In Hebrews chapter 2, going along, I've not disbanded Matthew 12, and we'll probably be looking at this for a few weeks. In Hebrews 2, it says, verse 14, For his blood, he also himself took part of the same, that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, 
that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of the angel, angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. So here's a scripture that says, He hath destroyed him that hath the power of death, that is the devil. Christians, by and large, fight the devil every day. When I grew up in a, in a certain line of teaching, I thought it was normal to talk about fighting the devil. Well, here, the writer of Hebrews says he has destroyed him. And what that word destroy means is he has rendered him entirely useless. How would you like to comprehend in your heart that the devil has been rendered through the work of Christ entirely useless? Completely void. That his power has absolutely no authority with the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus raised from the dead and He said, All power and all authority is given unto who? Unto me in heaven and on earth. So the power shift moved from the devil to Christ. A lot of believers can't comprehend that, that, that Christ disrobed the devil. He destroyed him. How did he do that? Because he bore sin in the body of his flesh and he judged it sinful and he died. So he took sin in himself, he that knew no sin, became sin for us and died the cross, the death of the cross. Another scripture says he tasted death for every man. And, and the Lord's really dealing with me with this. He tasted death. And what God is doing in my heart there, Jesus just didn't die on the cross. He died and was buried. And was buried in the heart of the earth for a period of time. So, so in Acts 2, the Bible says, speaking of, of Christ, that David cried out, speaking of Christ, Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell Thou wilt not allow thine Holy One to see corruption. This is found in Acts chapter 2. So that word hell there is a Greek word that means Hades. And it comes in the Old Testament. It is Sheol, S-H-E-O-L. And it deals with the place of departed souls or the realm of the dead. So Jesus, when He died, Isaiah said that He made His grave with the wicked. In Isaiah 53, I believe it is, where it says that. So Christ died and tasted death 
<laughs> he tasted what was appointed to man. It's appointed to man once to die, and after this the judgment, where he shall bring forth judgment unto victory. So he tasted my appointment with death by being nailed to the cross and crucified and put to death that now you and I could become dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. That is salvation. That is what we need to comprehend in our heart that we are baptized by His Spirit into His death, buried with Him, that the old man would be destroyed, that the old man of sin would not be here dwelling in our heart and our mind. But much of the time, that's still what's in our heart and our mind is this old man of sin because we've been taught that we have to be condemned walking with God. Instead of being taught there's now no, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit, we, we were preached, many of us, our whole life, that we are continually condemned and we just got to get it right somehow. And we've tried our whole lives to get it right somehow. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm the only one that's tried to get it right. And I'm kidding saying that because I know everybody sitting here has tried to get it right. The reality is Jesus got it right, folks. He got it right. So when I received Him, I received everything He did. So whatever was accomplished in the person of Jesus Christ is what I have received. That's what I've received. Now, I don't comprehend that, but I've received it because I've received Him. Of His fullness we have received, John writes, and grace for grace. So we received what He did in the work of the cross, but now, by the Spirit, we are comprehending in our hearts the very truth of Christ. So, in Romans 5, verse 1. Romans 5, chapter 5, verse 1. says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation work of patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Now, many times we read this scripture, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we stop right there. I have in the past. Now let's read verse 6. 
Because verse 5, verse 6 comes right after verse 5. says, For while we were yet, yet weak, in due seasons Christ died for the ungodly. Here's the love of God that's shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Christ died for the ungodly. That's the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts. That He died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, for peradventure for a good man. Some would even dare to die, but God commended His own love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, shall we be saved from the wrath of God through Him. We are saved from the wrath of God through His death. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, exceedingly great more, now that we've been reconciled through His death, we shall be saved by His life. Glory to God. So our salvation is His life, in us. This is the love of God. That He took our sin and died and was buried and brought judgment upon sin. Absolutely took sin out of the way. And now we are saved by His life. His life in you is salvation. His life in me is salvation. I have no other life but Him. We don't have lives here. We have life. Jesus is our life. Everyone around, you know, sitting here on this Zoom has the same life. He is the life. That's what He said. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the one that's raised out from the dead. And you are quickened with me. Paul writes, we're quickened with him from the dead. So the dead was crucified and buried in a tomb. And Jesus raised out from the dead. And we are quickened in the newness of his life. So... Go into 1 John chapter 3. And this is uh, in light of the same thing. 1 John chapter 3 verse 5. The Apostle John writes, And you know that He was manifested to take away our sins. What we don't know is He took away our sins. <laughs> this is what we don't know. He took away my sins. Glory to God. This is what it said He did. He was manifested to take away our sins. Can everybody read this out loud to yourself? He was manifested to take away our sins. And in Him is what? No sin. Whosoever abideth in Him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Now I'm going to stop here because here, here we go. I've read this verse of Scripture. 
I don't know, maybe a thousand times. And usually I've read this verse of Scripture and I've looked at my heart and said, you know, I've probably still committed some kind of bad acts that we would call sin. (laughs) This word sin here means missing the mark. That's what sin means if you look it up in the Bible. So if you look up this Greek word, you will see it actually means to miss the mark. That's what it means. So it says, and you know that he was manifested to take away our missing of the mark. We missed it, man. In Adam, all sin, all missed the mark, all fell short of the glory of God. So we missed the mark. What was the mark? The glory of God. That's what Adam fell short of, the glory of God. It said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He never obtained God's glory. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. But Christ was manifested to take away our missing of the mark. And He took our missing of the mark in His own flesh and put it to sin, crucified it, or put it to death. So he crucified my missing of the mark. He judged it dead. He judged it complete. He judged it finished. And in him is no missing of the mark. In him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Does not mean I never do a bad, bad act. But in him I don't miss the mark. And I've read this scripture for years and years, trying to understand it, trying to understand it through my own do's and don'ts. And here I see it by the Spirit of God that in Christ, I don't miss the mark. I miss the mark in myself, but in Him, I don't miss the mark. See, He that abideth, and in Him is no sin, whosoever abideth in Him sinneth not. Well, if you read John's epistle... He tells you over and over again that you're abiding in Christ. You're abiding in the living One that He's given us His Spirit that we would know we're abiding in Him. So how we, how we don't miss the mark is we abide in Christ that the glory of God can be revealed in us. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And he goes on and he says, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the work of the devil. Now does this sound a whole lot like Hebrews 2? He destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. He took, he, he took those things away that were contrary to us, nailing it. I believe Paul writes in Colossians, nailing it to his cross. He took it away. That you and I would be secured in him. That The glory He has in John 17, we're going to flip there to John 17 in a moment, but the glory that He had 
will be given to us. But let's read on here. For this is the purpose the Son of God was manifested, that He might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Now, have you been born again? I have. This is what, if, if I read this out of my understanding, it says, He that is born of God doth not commit sin. Well, this scripture used to be, how do I say this? A lot of times I find a lot of condemnation in this scripture. Because I would go in this scripture and I would say, hey, I've done bad things. I'm born of God. I should never do anything bad. I should never think bad. I should never get mad. I should never fly off the handle. You can go on and on and on and on. Whosoever committeth sin, not, or whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin. Now, I'm going to go back to the definition of the word sin. He cannot miss the mark, because his seed is in him, because the seed of Christ is in him. Why you're not going to miss the mark isn't because of you, Brother Cal. Pick on Brother Calvin. Why you're not missing the mark is his seed, the seed of Christ, abides in you. Glory to God. In this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth his brother. For this is the message you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And what, what did Jesus tell the, I think it was a rich young ruler, but uh, I think in more than one place, when they come to Jesus, they said, Hey, Jesus, what shall I do? What are the works that I do? He said, Believe on him that God has sent. What work would many of the Jewish people of that day not do? They would not believe on him that God has sent. They kept going back to the Mosaic Law to try to be perfect. They kept going back to finding their life in the law to be perfect. And, and unfortunately, this is where Christians go. I go, I, you, you know, in my mind for years, I would go back to the law if I messed up with God instead of saying I have a propitiation with God that is Christ Jesus the righteous, that I have an advocate with the Father, instead of really believing that, I would go back in my mind and I would try to get righteous by myself. Now, I believe there's people on this call that's done the same thing. They've tried to get righteous by themselves with God. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's pretty futile. But somewhere I come to the place, I guess I really come to the place called faith. We talk about having faith. I guess I really come there and I say, God, I have an advocate with you who is Christ Jesus the Lord. And I come to my advocate and I confess my faults, Lord, and your grace is there, your grace and mercy is there for me because your seed abides in me that I can grow up into the fullness of Christ. I begin to believe His Word, in other words. I begin to hear and see what God hath done in Christ. 
And turn to, to 1 John 5. Flip over to 1 John 5. I, I'm going to turn back to John 17 in a moment. But before I do that, 1 John 5, verse 4. For we, we preached to, to people for years about the world. You know, you're, you're, you're living in the world. <laughs> For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our what? Faith. Faith in Him. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Who overcomes the world? He that believes Jesus is the Son of God. He that believes He was manifested to put away the works of the devil. He that believes that He destroyed Him that had the power of death, that is the devil. That's who overcomes the world. In in John chapter first John chapter four, he said, he said, uh, let me let me find what I'm looking for. Well, well, verse one, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every one, every spirit that confesseth Jesus Christ is come. In the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come. And even now is already in the world. You are of God, little children. <laughs> How many believers believe they're of God? I do. Brother Calvin raised his hand. How often do we get up and say, Father, I'm of you. You know, come, come to God in prayer and say, God, you're my Father. You, you know how Jesus taught the, the disciples to pray? Have you ever really got a hold of what He said? Our Father. For God to be my Father is not just that He created humanity. Unfortunately, that's what a lot of people teach. Well, God's every man's Father. Well, Jesus probably would have some, some challenges with that statement Himself. Because He told the Jews in one place, He said, You're of your Father, the devil. So He didn't just say, Well, all humanity, bless God, is of God. <laughs> Did He? No. So he, he told his disciples, he said, when you pray, pray this way, our Father. Come to the realization that God is my Father, that I have been born of God. Glory to God. Come to that realization so when I come to God, I approach Him as my Father. You are my Abba. You are my Father. I am born of you. I am your son, and you are my God, and your life is in me. So, Father, now that I have concluded your life is in me, you're going to fill me with all the goodness of Christ. 
You want to fill me with all the goodness of Christ. You want to fill me with His mind. You want to fill me with His nature. You want to fill me with His character. You want to fill me up so that I can express Him and not the old man of sin in the earth. You want to change my very being, Father. You have birthed me for the very purpose of transforming me into a child of light. And you, you, you actually, the Word actually says that we've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. That's what the Word of God says. That he, we have passed, John wrote, we have passed from death unto life. That He have moved us out of the realm of death and moved us into the realm of life. You talk about being in faith, man. How about grabbing hold of that by faith that we are in His life? How about staking a claim... You know, I, I, I used to know folks, including myself, who like to claim things. I'd say, God, I believe you for this, that, and everything else. Well, I believe God for what I'm telling you. I believe God that I'm born of God, and because I'm born of God, I've overcome the world. Now, I believe that because Christ lives in me and Christ overcame the world. So, so I'm going to put that out as a confession of faith that He overcome the world. Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians, he says, those, this is the NIV version, Galatians 6.12, those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law. Yet, they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast, Paul says. Except one place. He gives one place for you and I to boast. Except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through which the world, can you say this, the world has been crucified to me. And you're talking about the power of God. The world, everything the world says contrary to the truth of Christ, has been crucified and put away. you believe that? That's what Paul, I evidently believe, because he wrote that in a letter to the Galatians. So he says, the world has been crucified to me, and I have been crucified to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. Neither one of them. What counts is... The new creation. Peace and mercy to all that follow this rule, all that have this understanding, will walk in peace and mercy and to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. Now, 
That's something to get a hold of. The world is crucified to me. When he crucified, when Jesus died on the cross, he crucified us to the world. He took mankind to the cross with him. He became man and died. And was buried. And raised out from the world. That's how the world's crucified to you, because he raised out from among the world. So everything that was contrary to us in the world was taken care of by Christ. That's why John could write what he wrote, because he was looking at the relationship we have in Christ, that in Him we don't miss the mark. We come to the glory of God. Now, now, one last set of Scripture, and I'm done for the day. Flip over to John 17. Remember, all sinned and fell short of what? The glory of God. John chapter 17. And I think I want to start around 19 or 20, but we'll see. Start at verse 20. He says, Neither pray I for these alone, for them, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that Thou hast sent me. And the glory which Thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one. Now what glory did God give Christ? The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, is what John writes in John chapter 1. He says, the glory that thou have given me, I've given them. And he goes on, and he says, I am them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Made what? I hear Christians all the time say, well, I'm not perfect. I hear them say it all the time. Well, in yourself... You're not. But in Christ, He did a perfect work, and He declared you perfect. Now, I can come and believe that and have His perfection made real in me. I can dig my heels in and say, well, I, I'm, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I can make that decision. Because I'm telling you, there ain't no good thing in my flesh, not one. I'm not talking about my ability to achieve this. I'm talking about the work He did. And as we come and comprehend the work He did, this is what He brings us into. I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. Why? 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 that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. And the Apostle Paul writes, you, you know, when people say, well, Brother Wayne, that's some other day. No, no, no. Apostle Paul writes in, in the book of, I believe it's in Corinthians, he says, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. 
And, and, and by beholding the glory of the Lord, you are changed into the same image. You want to get changed, behold Him. You want to get transformed, behold Him. There's no other way. There's absolutely no other way for me and you to get changed and transformed but to behold Christ. He's the transformer. And He's the transformation. He's not just the transformer of my soul. He's the transformation that comes through my soul. So you don't get a better Wayne that does everything right. You get Christ manifested in my mortal flesh. That's what God is after. Christ manifested in our bodies. Not better Dales and not better Richards and not better Henrys and Jims. But Christ manifest through you. And I say glory to God to that. I say thank the Lord. I say this is salvation. That as He is, so are we in this present world. It's just knowing how He is. And I know how He is as He is revealed in me by His Spirit. And that's the very heart I have for you as believers is to share Christ to you as your salvation. I'm getting ready to stop. I, uh, I really don't have another gospel to preach but Him, folks. Everything I look at, I, I want to see it in the face of Jesus Christ. I want to understand it in the knowledge of the Lord. Everything. When I turn this book, my heart, when I open this book called the Bible, I want to see Jesus. And not only do I want to see Jesus, I want to bring a people to see Jesus who have put down all rule and authority, who have taken away the penalty of sin. And I want to see a people that walk in the earth and declare that he that is dead is freed from sin, that Jesus actually freed me from sin. He freed me from its penalty. And He brought me into His glorious life. And they may say, well, you're saying you never mess up. And I'll and just look up and say, well, I have an advocate with the Father. And He never messed up. He didn't mess up one time. And He's able to perfect me. I'm not able to perfect myself. I'm not able to get it done. I never was. But He is. So He's able to bring perfection into us because He is perfect and perfection is Him in me. That's perfection. Christ in you. Glory to God. Well, I could get started and go again, but I won't. I'm going to open up so we can chat. Bless the Lord.